Welcome to this edition of In the Author's Voice. I'm Jeff Williams. If you'd like a slightly different perspective on the current state of everything from identity politics to cancel culture and wokeness, you might want to check out a pair of recent books from author Darius Kamali. I recently talked with him about Dog Whistling Dixie Past the Graveyard, a book of poetry, and Mistake of Identity, a book of, well, <laughs> I think I'll let him explain. And so they are really genre benders. I describe them as half Zen Cohen and half, you know, postmodern tweet mm-hmm. with a pinch of uh, 19th century aphorism thrown in there. <laughs> so uh, they're not uh, traditional uh, in format. And they're, uh, you know, they're easy to go through. Um, hopefully uh, they're short, but hopefully it's quality over quantity. We'll see. Sure. Darius, first kind of set the stage for Some people may be familiar with you from a very, uh, you've had kind of a varied career uh, path over the years. <laughs> Some may be familiar with your work in Hollywood. Others may be familiar with your with your work in government and elsewhere and, and as, as an activist. Um, what kind of brought you to the point where you, you pin these, these, these two um, interesting... Genre-benders? Uh, genre-bending kind of, <laughs> of, of books. Well, that's a good question. I, I have worn a lot of hats, as I say, um, and uh, had a, a fairly diverse uh, on, on the surface career. Uh, I think the catalyst really was the pandemic, in a sense. It's mm-hmm. changed so many of our lives, not uh, necessarily for the better. But for me, it was an opportunity um, to sort of sit back. First of all, it allowed me the time. It allowed me also to jump onto social media and really delve into what's going on there in a way I hadn't before. And I was both amazed and appalled, I have to say. And so, you know, some of these thoughts really began as social media posts, and they got some attention and I had so many of them that I decided to, you know, edit them into um, a book format and put them out there. The the narrative style that you used uh, struck me immediately when I started um, looking at at, at at both works. And and given the given the the nature of what you were doing and and the voice that you were, are using, it made perfect sense to kind of morph this form of social media into. Um, a more traditional print form and just kind of the, I don't know if it's necessarily ironic, but just kind of the juxtaposition of the two I found to be yeah. kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think it is. I mean, that's how it came to me. You know, I, it, you know, I didn't sit there and decide, oh, this is what I'm going to do. It was ideas that were sort of flowing uh, uh, out of me. And of course, so often in life, we, we have ideas and we just let them go. But of course, the social media format has allowed us to to save all that, right? Maybe too much. <laughs> um, and so I would I would save them, but on private mode. So no one can see them, but the ideas wouldn't disappear. And then later I could edit them into something that's more, slightly more substantial. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, identity is a, a key theme of, of both the books. It's not the only theme. These are not uh, thought out, um, you know, political solutions as much as they are playful um, and 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 ironic, and um, and to the extent that uh, you know the ideas are uh, complicated. Well, so are the books. Um, paradoxical, you could say. That's a word that's been used, I mm-hmm. think, for both of them. And uh, I would agree, mm-hmm. for sure. You know, my background uh, spans human rights uh, originally, mm-hmm. um, working for an NGO, a non-governmental organization that was actually supported by the government. Uh, there's your irony right there, and. Uh, dealing with uh, everything bad in the world from human rights um, violations uh, uh, to, you know, genocide and 
uh, ethnic cleansing, crimes against humanity and war crimes, everything bad in the world. So I did get to see how identity, when it's when it's um, when it goes the wrong way, can really lead to the worst things uh, in the world. I think those things are also uh, related to identity, unfortunately. Um, and then in Hollywood, of course, you would think it's an entirely different world, which it is. But identity is key here as well. Uh, Hollywood has, um, for decades now, uh, been famous for constructing identities, suppressing identities. And now, of course, these days, the last few years, with the woke uh, emphasis and movement, um, I think it's still being controlled by identity, maybe in a backwards way. I was going to ask you about that, because I find that interesting when when authors and writers um, define wokeness, so to speak. In the context of your writing, what, what are you... What do you visualize that as, or what is the uh, definition of that within your context of your writing? Well, you know, I understand that people use the term in many different ways, and perhaps the way that I'm using it isn't the way everyone uses it. Uh, you know, I understand where it's coming from. It's, it's an awakening to injustices, mm-hmm. uh, structural injustices. And in that sense, I am, I am a complete advocate of, of that sort of awakening. My problem with it is that it doesn't go far enough, in a sense, to the extent that we still identify our most fundamental personal, uh, if you want to use religious terminology, spiritual terminology, our soul, with a surface characteristic, then in my opinion, we're still half asleep, you see. Mm-hmm. And, and so my, <laughs> uh, the, the insights that you'll find in a couple of these books are not new insights, uh, they're insights that perhaps... Uh, uh, mystics have had for for centuries and millennia, but I'm trying to apply them to to an extent to our social situation and our current politics. And it turns out that um, uh, you know they they sometimes end up pissing off both the left and the right <laughs> because they 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 end up uh, leading to uh, to results or solutions that are counterintuitive and and not necessarily the doctrine of either the right or the left. It's interesting you say that. I was. Uh, just up front, I've, I've, in looking at, at both works, I've been drawn to Dog Whistling Dixie Past the Graveyard. I, I just keep going back. And, I'm into and, the short titles, you know. I noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> I think some of the, I think some of the uh, pieces are actually shorter than the title. Uh, Absolutely. Um, yes, that was my goal. <laughs> but I kept getting drawn back, and I got drawn back into, into two particular, and, I, and I, I'm assuming you've probably put them in there in this order because of that. The well, first one was Hemingway's Ghost, and the second one is Just Bad Form. And it just completely took me back to my college days to a crusty old journalism, <laughs> to a crusty old journalism professor I had for a critical thinking course. And I think, my God, that sums up an entire semester's worth of, of work in, in two rather oh, wow. short <laughs> prose. But it also describes kind of the state of things, at least the state of things in the last decade. And it just amazes me that something <laughs> from, from 30 years in my past, which probably may even have a, well, we can go back even further if you're looking at back at, at, at works of Hemingway is so relevant sure. in a weird way today. Yeah, no, yeah, thanks for saying that. I'm, I'm glad to hear that it resonates uh, in that way. Um, you know, they are musings in a way, and to the extent that they say, you know, writers have a muse. <laughs> so <laughs> it, that's how it came to me. Yeah, no, you know, I, I think I have a bit of a knack, I'm putting modesty aside, for putting things in a succinct way. And uh, in fact, what's that old expression? I don't know if they attribute a lot of things to Mark Twain. I don't know if he actually said them or not. But something along the lines of, I didn't make it any shorter because I didn't have enough time or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So yeah, yeah. There's uh, there, there's some you know intended humor in, in the books and some uh, ironic humor, and some of it wasn't intended to be funny, but uh, others have pointed out that they that they are funny, and maybe I didn't even intend it that way. So you know, the the work ends up being different uh, than your initial intention, oftentimes. Mm-hmm. And I almost have to think that it's that a lot of it also, in terms of of meaning, is le- kind of left open to interpretation of the, by the reader too, in terms of their experience and place of where yeah. they are. Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, you know, they say uh, everyone watches the same movie, but no one reads the same book mm-hmm. um, because you're imagining. And I think that's even probably more the case with something like this because there's a lot of use of allusion and, and, and metaphor and simile, and, and, and it's playful. And so I can imagine that, uh, again, uh, like I said, uh, on the political end, uh, I have some people who, who imagine that I'm a, an alt-right sort of writer and others who think I'm a hippie. Um, you know, let's all get along. And I may be a little both or, or neither. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the work is somehow uh, separate from and hopefully better than uh, than the, the, the author. <laughs> what are, because it's kind of a wide, almost I'd say eclectic um, spread of, mm-hmm. what are you hoping that the reader takes away from, from both these books? Because there's a lot of similarity, but yet there can be different, like, different experiences from, from the writings and in, from both writings. Um, what do you hope they, what they hope they take away? Yeah, no, I, uh, first of all, I hope they enjoy it, mm-hmm. that they find uh, these musings uh, entertaining. Uh, to begin with. So uh, on, on one level, I would be happy with that. Um, in terms of, you know, some of the themes involved, they have applications to identity politics. They have uh, applications to woke culture, to, to freedom of speech, right? And I hope uh, it, rather than uh, one particular lesson, because I'm in no position to teach anyone any lessons here, but um, simply to start questioning their own um, assumptions, whether they may be a Democrat or a Republican or, you know, they may be a feminist or, you know, into into uh, gay culture, whatever the case may be, because, you know, we're all separated these days into these predefined roles, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we seem to be going at war, in fact, going to war, it seems. Uh, to me, it's if, if people start to question their own identity, what does this identity really mean? Is it my fundamental self? Is it something that I chose, or is it something that I was born into? And which one is more important? If they start to question those dogmas and doctrines, then I'd be satisfied. Mm-hmm. Just out of curiosity. If that makes sense. Yes, in, 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 in my weird, twisted brain, that does make sense, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I, well, you, you know, the, the title of a funny issue, I don't know if you said that on purpose, but the subtitle of Mistake of Identity is Midnight Musings and Twisted Tweets. And so... <laughs> I always find it interesting uh, when, for writers and, and when they write it and, and when, it's, when it's published, and I'm thinking, this would be a very different couple of books without social, the impact of social media and the rise of social interesting. media. Yeah, interesting. Um, absolutely. I'm not sure if they would exist, in fact, uh, without uh, uh, the example of social media. Uh, you know, we are used to digesting things in short, uh, brief format. And, uh, you know, that's usually looked at as a negative. But I have tried, uh, in this case, to turn it into a positive. 
And, and you know, when I look back, I realize that there is some tradition of this, both in the Eastern um, world, um, you know, with the Zen Cohen that I mentioned before, and also with American literature in the 19th century, you had short aphoristic sorts of writings. Mm-hmm. So it's not entirely new. You know, what is old is new again, as they say, right? Yeah. So I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I'm going to anyway. No, no, um, <laughs> please do. Of of both of both books, do you have? Uh, is there a particular um, musing or 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 poem that just really struck a chord with you in process of of, of writing these these books? Well, uh, you know, I, they're all my babies in a way, uh, mm-hmm. and and. You know, I could uh, tell you that I, I, I wrote these things, but I haven't read them in a while. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, is there, is there one or two that you want to address? Or, uh, oh, no, no, I just, I, I I'll, always, I'll find, tell it, you, always uh, find it curious, you know, uh, it's like asking someone who your favorite kid is. You don't have a favorite kid, yeah, but yeah, no. you know, you kind okay, of sometimes I'll, I'll do. I'll give you one sort of half <laughs> randomly, okay, but as sure. long as, uh, yeah, yeah, but, but it's not necessarily a favorite, it's, it's sort of just pulled out randomly, but. There was a, a metaphor that came to me about the game that uh, when I was young, I don't know if anyone plays it anymore, it was called Musical Chairs. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, and I thought that was a good metaphor for what I what I think is going on in society right now, and perhaps it always has, where we're fighting over who gets to sit down, in a sense, right? Uh, because there's a limited number of chairs. And... And my solution, of course, is is maybe we should concentrate on adding a few more chairs rather than worrying so much and entirely over what color mask is the person wearing who happens to be sitting down. Because if two people are still left out, uh, you know, I don't uh, really know if, if, if the fact that they're now, they're now uh, wearing red masks as opposed to the past where they were wearing blue masks makes any difference. I'm not sure if real progress has been made from a utilitarian perspective. There's still two souls left out. And so if you know where I'm going with that, the analogy with um, you could apply to races or genders, whatever the case may be, that maybe rather than try to pull others down, that we actually increase the number of chairs here. (laughs) And and in the book, I'm paraphrasing it now, but uh, there's a... Amusing, I have about uh, a game of musical chairs going on, uh, and it's being played on the deck of the Titanic. And you know, that's sort of where I see where we are societally right now. That we're sort of arguing over the the masks that everyone uh, is wearing, uh, where uh, the entire ship is sinking, folks. Um, we, we need to wake up to this because uh, we're going down fast. So, just out of curiosity, do you see a light at the end of the tunnel? Can we turn this <laughs> ship around? Oh, that may be a mixed metaphor. <laughs> yeah, you mean other than the train? <laughs> other than the train, <laughs> Look, I, I think there is. No, of course, look, I think identity is a beautiful thing. I participate in it myself. I don't, I don't want to give the impression that I'm a guest. Identity is uh, so fundamental in us. Uh, it's, it's almost ingrained perhaps at the genetic level. Maybe it predates humans. Maybe it predates primates. Maybe it's part of biology. I participated in myself. I feel it as strongly as anyone else. I would think that maybe the solution would be, rather than try to deny it, that maybe we can find a way to see it the right way, to play the game, but know ultimately that we're playing a game. And the analogy that I use um, is from sports, actually, believe it or not, although I'm not much of a sports fan. I've noticed that 
you know, in the world of sports, which, you know, most Americans are, are big sports fans, obviously, uh, 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 you can be a fan of a, of a team in most cases and get all the benefits of being the fan of that team and, particip- and, and competing against other teams. And even, a, you know, you can even be a member of that team. But ultimately know that tomorrow, you know, a player could be traded to another team. And people generally, you know, unless they're not mentally well, don't confuse their fundamental identity with their team jersey. Mm-hmm. They might be, you know, upset about it for a couple of days, but life goes on. And however, when it comes to these other uh, forms of identity that to me are just as arbitrary, meaning unchosen, mm-hmm. something that you did not choose, um, we do confuse our fundamental self with that identity. So if there could be a way spiritually to participate and get all the benefits of identity politics and yet leave it at that level and, and, and keep it from going to the kinetic stage where it actually becomes war, then I think um, that's the light we can look forward to at the end of the tunnel. That's author Darius Kamali. His new books are Mistake of Identity and Dog Whistling Dixie Past the Graveyard. Both books are available at the usual places. You can learn more about Darius's writings on his website, DariusAKamali.com. For this edition of In the Author's Voice, I'm Jeff Williams.